0: Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast. I am your host, Ian Altman. Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast. I am your host, Ian Altman. On this episode, what are the biggest mistakes that I see sales managers make when it comes to leading their teams? And this is not intended to be a rant This is intended to be a compare and contrast. So I will share with you some things that I think are pitfalls that are common that people just don't know any better. And I'll give you suggestions on what you can do instead. If you wanna get top results for your team, take a look at the Same Side Selling Academy. Just visit samesideselling.com to learn more. The first thing that we should talk about is the idea of, Are you managing salespeople or are you mentoring them? And what I mean by that is very often people in sales do really well and then they get promoted into sales management. No one necessarily tells them what you should be doing to manage effectively your team. So they say, well, you're now a sales manager and you think, well, what do I do? And you probably just do the things that you saw other people do before. Even if when you saw them, As a salesperson, you hated them. So it's things like people trying to manage your activity. So they ask questions like, well, how many meetings did you have today? How many phone calls have you made? How many proposals have you sent out? And we start asking a whole bunch of questions that are tracking vanity metrics, if you will, not necessarily tracking results. And instead, what we may want to do is ask better questions of our team. So we're mentoring them rather than saying, do this, do this, and do that. The top leaders that I see, instead, what they do is they ask their team, what would prevent this deal from coming to fruition? What does the client need to know that they don't know already? What can we do to help you to make this client more comfortable? What does the client need to see in order to move this deal from maybe to a yes. And who might get in our way internally from the client's perspective and which competitors do you think we're most likely facing? See, these are questions that top salespeople will know the answers to. And if we consistently ask questions like that, we start to get pretty good information. So that first area we wanna avoid is that notion of, instead of managing activity, we want to mentor behavior. So we start asking questions like, What did the client say would happen if they don't solve this problem? What's the biggest problem the client's facing right now that they're looking for us to help with? How important is this compared to other things on their plate? We start asking questions that are in the same side quadrants, chapter four, page 76. It's the only page reference I know in the book, but it gets asked enough that people say, well, where are the same side quadrants? And it's covered on page 76 in the book. Asking those sorts of questions, questions like, What did the client say they would measure or want to measure in terms of success for this project? How would we know whether or not we're successful? What did they say would be meaningful results for them to see six months down the road? Well, if we're not asking those sorts of questions, and if we don't know the answers to those questions, then we probably don't have our finger on the pulse of which deals are real and which ones aren't. And effective sales managers and leaders our job is to help our team be as efficient as possible in targeting the right accounts and ignoring the ones who we're not likely to help. The second trap that people fall into is in sales meetings. And for the clients I work with, there's a small number of clients I work with each quarter on how they're going to grow their business. One of the first things I do is say, let me sit in on one of your sales meetings. And invariably what happens is, and this is especially true when people need a little bit of help, is the meeting sounds something like this all right, so Sue, here are the three accounts that you have. Tell me what's the status, what's going on with this one? And it seems like a pretty innocent question to ask, but we're asking questions that should just be in our CRM. It should be in Salesforce. It should be in whatever tool we're using. And the idea is that let's not ask our team for information that should already be readily available elsewhere. And what managers sometimes have told me is, well, I don't have time to read through all this stuff. So I'll hold a two hour meeting with everybody and I go through each of the deals and ask them. And what I think to myself is this, great, so you have a meeting with 20 people. You've now had 20 people spend two hours in a meeting because you didn't have the time to spend two hours to go through the information on your own, which would have freed up 20 times two hours or roughly 40 hours of people's productivity time doing other things. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't meet with people. Just don't ask them questions that you can already find out just by reading a sentence or two. You could even say to your team, look, what I'd like to know is for the top five deals you have going on, what's likely to happen in the next week on that opportunity? Where do you need our help? And what's the biggest risk that we need to fend off for that deal to happen? And just get a quick summary from people on that, that you can get via email And now in the meeting, you can say, okay, so you said this is the biggest issue you're facing with this account. Yeah. How's that conversation going to go with the client? And now it gets back to this idea of managing, which we don't want to do versus mentoring, which we do want to do. And then we can say, hey, let's role play that conversation. And you role play it. And as soon as you're done, you say, so what do people like about that approach? What are one or two ideas on what we can do or should do differently in that type of situation? And then, what we're doing is we're working together to come up with better approaches and to practice so that our team is actually better prepared to deal with situations that can move the needle rather than just reporting back to us. The third trap that people fall into is once they start using a CRM, Customer Relationship Management Tool, or Salesforce Automation, SFA, we like to use acronyms in our industry. Once they start using them, they start thinking, oh, we got to collect more data. And they tell their salespeople, look, I know we're tracking this deal on these opportunities. We also want you to track these three, maybe 400 additional data points. So when you reach out to the client, can you fill out all this additional information also? It's not the job of sales. And it's not a matter of saying, oh, it's not our job. Instead, what we want to realize is that if you want people to use your CRM, you have to make it so that it's not a miserable experience. People in sales have to realize that, oh, this CRM actually helps me do my job better. It Helps me better connect with my clients and prospects. This is something I want to actually use because it's good for me and it's good for my company. If they feel like it's not good for them, it's just a distraction, then why would they be doing it? Their job is to bring in revenue and this task isn't necessarily aligned with that. So that's when you can surround them with other resources and say, look, we have someone who's going to follow up with the client and ask all these questions to collect additional piece of information. Totally fine but we wanna make sure that we're not asking people to do additional data entry for us under the guise of, oh, this is important for sales to do. Because it's not the most important thing. And the reality is that you want your team focused on the things that are most important that can move the needle quickly for their opportunities. Remember that any of these traps that people fall into, it's just stuff that you were taught from somebody else. So it's totally okay. But I'll just recap these for you quickly so that you can implement these better in your interactions. And if you're someone who's in sales, this is something you can share with your manager. If you're in sales management, let me know what other traps you think you might fall into. And I'll try and give you guidance on how to overcome those. But the first one is make sure that you're mentoring, not just managing. So you want to make sure that you're actually giving people guidance to help them do better and accomplish more, not just tracking activity and confusing that with accomplishment. The second thing is that Don't ask questions in meetings and don't make people sit through a meeting to share information that you could get from a spreadsheet, a report, or inside of your CRM. Instead, use that time to role play, practice, and apply strategic principles to some of these accounts that can actually move the needle so people are more comfortable when they're in those situations. And finally, don't use your sales organization as a data entry vehicle. In fact, the more information you ask them to collect, the less likely they are to be compliant with your CRM or Salesforce automation tool. So instead, make sure you're collecting the information that's important for them and for the organization. But if you need additional data, don't rely on your sales organization to do that. So hopefully it gives you some guidance on more effective ways to lead a sales organization. If there are topics you'd like me to cover, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. And I will see you on the next Same Side Selling Podcast. So long.